trying to get back to the basics of great products. Power comes from sharing information. I try to convince people to slow down. Free. Yeah. Open. This is the Soak Dice Podcast. Hello, hello everyone. Welcome back to the Soaked by Slush podcast for yet another episode. Uh, my name is William von der Palen and with me in Copenhagen is Isak Rautio. Hi Isak, what's up? Hi William. I need that hello, hello as my ringtone. Seriously, <laughs> I like... <laughs> it's really fun. No, it's great. It's a great day here in Copenhagen. Glad to be here on stream again, making another episode. Yeah, it is indeed. And we have um, a great guest once again, uh, who actually told us, just told us this is her first podcast. So we'll we'll make it, we'll, we'll hope it's it's worth her while. Uh, but Sonia Baranova from Innovat, uh, welcome. Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me here. Hi, hi. Nice for you to be here, first of all. Do you want to give, because we, we usually botch intros, we can't introduce people because we're going to mess up something. Do you want to tell the listeners who you are? Yes, so I'm the co-founder of Innovat, a digital solution that helps international travelers get their VT refunds fast and easy. Okay, and uh, you you you're based in London right now, is that right? You're you, you're in London right now. Yes. Yes. Uh, we're based in London, and um, during COVID, we have been all time in London here. Okay, how has that been? Also, as an entrepreneur, but just in general, I guess, how has that been? Oh, I mean, uh, it depends from time to time. It has been hard sometimes to other times it has been okay. So right now it's all looking that uh, it will be a second lockdown or something uh, similar to the lockdown. But um, I mean, uh, the, the the business is better, much better right now because there are international travelers coming in and shopping. Uh, so that's why I'm happy about it. Yeah, the spring was probably tough for you, uh, as it was for everyone, because there was not a lot of tourism going on. But, but, uh, or has it been a good year um, for you overall? Um, I mean, uh, of course, um, since we're highly reliant on uh, travelers and retailers, it has been tough. Um, but um, you know, we were focusing on vertical. Um, improvement of our uh, system and the uh, overall of the product uh, and uh, we're focusing on integrating more features in the UK but COVID, COVID actually helped us uh, to expand the horizontally since uh, more governments are now more inclined uh, towards uh, digital solutions and less uh, uh, paper heavy manual processes and less human interaction. So th that's a good thing for us. So it's, you know, there are pros and cons here and there, but um, right now it goes quite well. Yeah, Can we you... start talking about this? This is very fascinating, actually. Uh, speaking of, of the sort of public cooperation or the sort of relationship entrepreneurs like you have with governments or uh, sort of regulatory bodies or, or sort of yeah, just bureaucracy in general, I guess. So how has that experience been for you uh, at, with Innovat? Uh, so we've been talking with several governments and uh, with UK specifically, it took one year to convince them uh, to digitalize the tax free process. Um, and we're still in process of discussing this and you know it's hard for us uh, being not uh, uh, native British people we're coming from overseas I'm from Ukraine my co-founder is from Russia and uh, of course it's challenging I mean um, in Europe is also going quite well but what we mainly help government is uh, reducing their fraud 
So because the process is such manual, uh, it's completely obsolete. Um, it's all paper heavy and all the recordings, all accounting is done um, like it was done 10 years ago, 15 years ago. Uh, so what we help government is to reduce the risk of fraud and to manage everything uh, digitally and efficiently, um, helping them to track uh, where the money goes, basically. Can you speak a bit more about that year and what happened and sort of what the relationship is? Because, I mean, I guess if you see this from both perspectives, on the other hand, yes, you have a solution, definitely. And, and your sort of job, I guess, is to sort of negotiate and convince and sort of present to the cases why your product or service is a good thing uh, for them to implement. But then on the other hand, I can also see the government side where, I mean, obviously they can't say yes to everything or anyone uh, just on a whim. Otherwise, what's the point of having a sort of uh, stable institutions in that? way so how do you sort of bridge this gap uh, with negotiation and 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 just letting them know that this is a good thing to do um so we so for example with the uk government uh, we've done multiple meetings and um approach them from uh, different sides. And you know, it's hard to uh, reach that specific team that's responsible for innovation uh, within that sector where you operate. So um, yeah, we, we've tried many ways of uh, approaching them, but we finally found the right team. And when you find the right team, it's much easier. The discussion goes smoothly and there is such some process that you have to follow. So. We were uh, presenting our demo, uh, we were showing our numbers, the research, the advantages here and there. So um, with Belgian government, for example, where uh, we've passed through the testing phase and uh, almost ready to launch our digital solution, um, we've done that uh, through a middleman, which was connecting us to the government and uh, also uh, showing the benefits of uh, our system. And uh, with Belgian government, it was a little bit easier and it took less time, firstly because of COVID, uh, because uh, Belgium wants to increase the number of tourists coming into their country and wants to digitalize processes all around their country. and. Um, the second thing is uh, it's much smaller and uh, um, I can say more open to innovation. Um, yeah, so I, I mean it varies from country to country how you approach uh, the tax officials and uh, we tackle that uh, depending on uh, their interest and how open they uh, are they to the innovation. Okay. And do you usually start off with some form of pilot or testing period to kind of do it, you know, smaller yeah. first so they don't have to, you know, trust you with <laughs> their whole system right away. And, and then once you go through that, then you hope to get, get you know, a bigger chunk of the operations probably. Exactly. Um, <laughs> as you do with your system, you do A-B testing, right? So the same thing goes with uh, approaching new uh, ways of doing things. Uh, for the government and you know this testing phase uh, it all depends on uh, how it goes of course and uh, what the government decides in the end and their say is the most important thing so you need to do everything right in order to convince them convince them to approach the digitalization 
And how does it work? Is who's like your end customer? Is it the the governments who are paying for this service, and you help them kind of digitalize their whole system, and and, and at some point they they hopefully just use this or or you know some form of combination of systems, or is it the the people who you know do the VAT filings on your system who pay you, or how, how does that the business model work for you? So we have a general model is B two C where our end customer is the traveler. And um, with some governments, when they're open uh, for integrating our system into their um, tax-free management uh, operations, uh, then we do that. For example, we're in talks with um, two countries in Europe uh, where the governments are interested in us developing for them uh, um, digital system where they can manage all their tax refund claims for international travelers. So it again depends, but the general model is B2C and we care about uh, international travelers a lot and how they go through the whole tax-free process and we make sure that they get it right. Now speaking about you, uh, you're, you said you're from the Ukraine uh, and, uh, and now you, you're an entrepreneur in London. How's that? Do you enjoy it? Do you enjoy life? It's probably hard, hard work and busy. It's not not uh, not just a vacation. Um, yeah. So I moved in London about seven years ago. Um, I came here to study. Um, I finished my bachelor's here. Uh, I worked at the Challenger Bank. I worked at PC, and then started my own company. Um, so I mean, it's a combination of both. Uh, studying here and uh, following the right steps in order to launch what I always wanted to launch is Innovat. And um, yeah, I mean, do you want me to go into details how we started the company or? Yeah, Please, it would yeah. be interesting Anything, to hear. Yeah. Yeah. Would be very nice. And and also I, I can help you sort of direct the answer a bit like, um, so, I mean, you kind of also started there. You said, the, you, this is something you've you've been wanting to found for a while. That this was this wasn't something you were building up to. Uh, when did you know that you wanted to become an entrepreneur? <laughs> I don't know. All my life. <laughs> Your whole life. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Uh, I mean, I cannot find any other way where I can um, um, I don't know be myself or something. Uh, so I always wanted to start my own business even though uh, i really like the places where i worked i really like the teams uh, and the products uh, on which i was working uh, but um, yeah my end goal was always to start my own company and um, to make sure it works and succeeds that's good and, yeah and, so how did yeah, you go, go about ahead. it you you moved to london and then you studied and and you know was it a deliberate choice that you wanted to work in some some uh, banks first and, and do the studies first and then go about funding funding your company or or did it just kind of happen happen on the way? Um, I think it was more of a step by step plan that I had uh, in my mind. So um, I um, want, I, of course, when when you just come to the new country you start to learn new different things so at the university they teach you one thing but uh, when you're doing business it's a completely different thing when you're working for something it's also a completely different thing 
So uh, I was lacking a lot of knowledge and uh, I've gained some from uni and I've gained a massive experience um, at my uh, almost first place of employment at Revolut. Uh, it was a startup when I joined there and um, in one year of me working there, it became a unicorn. So um, it was a huge uh, experience for me from uh, almost zero to one. And um, yeah, and after that, um, I thought what I'm lacking in order to start a company is the different side of the equation is uh, how VCs choosing their investments and what's uh, popular, what's trendy in the startup world, uh, what's, how, how startups succeed. So I joined a VC firm here in London called Fuel Ventures. Um, I worked there a little bit uh, in their investor relations team. And um, then I worked on deal sourcing and uh, deals management. Uh, it was quite exciting. But um, I mean, uh, the tax-free industry has always been in my head. And um, I will tell you a bit uh, my personal story, how yeah, we please. came up uh, with um, that idea. So. I'm from Ukraine. My co-founder is from Russia. When we were teenagers, kids, we were traveling always to Europe with our parents and doing some shopping there. Um, and uh, by the end of our trip, we were always claiming tax refunds. And the process goes like this. Uh, you buy something at the store and you get a paper form, which you have to complete manually you have to input all your details all the details of the purchased item and so on and so forth so you get like 10 forms on average because you have to get this single form for each of your purchase from the different uh, retail stores and uh, after that you spend like one hour to complete it manually you have to go to the airport and to wait two hours in the queues in order to hand this paper form to the um, desk for the tax-free desk and then you have to stand another queue to get your money back and the fees are extreme and what's funny is that uh, travelers don't even know that they're being charged such high fees and there is some there were some uh, funny stories uh, where we were asking uh, cash refunds uh, in a certain currencies for example in euros and um, the tax free refund desk just told us, oh, sorry, we don't have euros. We have only US dollars. <laughs> we said, okay, fine, US dollars, fine. And they gave us much less amount because they charged the exchange rates. Oh, man. <laughs> <Most of them. laughs> yeah, uh, so, right. So, you know, it was like 10 years ago uh, when we've done that because we were teenagers and kids. And the process is still exactly the same. So, nothing changed. There are two companies who own the whole market as Global Bureau and Premier Tax Free, and uh, they're managing all this paper process. Um, so I thought, like, at this digital age, one of the few industries that has never been challenged is tax free space. So uh, we decided with my co founder faced exact same problems. Uh, so we decided to start Innovat and challenge this space and bring it digital innovation to tax-free industry. That's great. 
And How, now, uh, do you have a technical background yourself, uh, either one of you co-founders, or did you have to recruit then then people who are more technical? Um, I have a little bit of technical background, but uh, I am not the technical uh, manager or CTO in our company. Uh, so we've got quite, and either not my, not my co-founder, he is more of a, a salesperson and he, his official title is CEO. And my official title is COO. Uh, so we've got lucky with that. Um, my co-founder's old friend with whom he was playing uh, professional video games uh, so he was a professional esports player um, his friend um, is a very talented uh, engineer and he worked at the russian challenger bank called tinkoff it's like a revolut in europe but in russia yeah and uh, yeah he was um, focusing there on uh, computer vision and um, after that he joined the crypto fund and worked on the multiple startups and uh, so so my co-founder Ilya got in, in touch with him and uh, offered him a position as the CTO in our company and that's how it went from there I mean and his experience is super relevant to us uh, because um, we use uh, computer vision for scanning of our receipts, but I can go later uh, about uh, my about how Innovat works, if you like. Sure, uh, I can. That's also an interesting angle. I just like I don't know how you could even answer this. I'm sort of thinking, putting myself in your shoes. Like, how would I even begin answering this? But I'm curious. Like, if you hadn't had this guy who was the friend of your your co-founder, uh, how, what would you, what would your approach have been to sort of? find someone with technical ability or how do you even sort of because I'm a very non-technical person also so if I would if I if I want to start uh, innovating within the tax-free system I obvi- you obviously and make it digital you obviously need someone with digital skills so how do you even how would you even approach that uh, without this guy so there are two ways essentially is to either learn learn by yourself or to find someone and um yeah. Learn by yourself. It's good. You can be a, you can you can get to a certain level, uh, but you cannot be the best at it. Um, so it is important to find the right co-founders because so many companies fail because uh, their co-founders was a mismatch. Um, so if we wouldn't have Igor. Um, We would find another one. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, based on what you already say. Yeah, what else? Say it. Yeah, I, I, you gave a really sort of simple, refreshing answer there. Like, yeah, you either learn it yourself or you find someone. Yeah, it's basically yeah, that's it. Yeah, but it's tricky. It's tricky. It is. Yes, it is definitely tricky. Yeah. Uh, maybe yeah. Actually, you you suggested it yourself. Do you want to just to let the viewers and us actually also know how the process at Innovat works? What is the service? Yeah, so um, we're now offering a web uh, platform for our customers and the iOS version is launching in a matter of weeks and the Android about in one month. Uh, So how it goes step by step. International traveler has to uh, use their phones or computers and create the account. 
they have to go through the KYC system, which is Know Your Customer system, where they need to upload a picture of their passport and their selfie. We use a third partner provider who matches uh, their pictures to their actual um, identity. And if that's successful, if the verification process is successful, we create an account and they enter to their uh, platform, to their dashboard. Uh, where they need to upload the receipts uh, from the stores where they purchased goods while abroad. Um, so the beauty uh, of the application is that it can be any receipt from any store. Um, so the two companies that I mentioned um, before, the Global Blue and Premier Tax Free, they um, have certain limitations because they have a different business model. They have B2B business model where they work directly with retailer. So international travelers cannot get refunds uh, at the shops where Global Blue doesn't operate or the other company doesn't operate. So they're left with no refund, even though they, they should get a refund back. Um, and uh, the other thing is that uh, we don't have a minimal amount uh, for the purchase or the maximum amount. So this can be a purchase for any amount. The only one thing that it has to be, it has to be um, some retail goods. So it cannot be consumables, uh, it cannot be services like hotels and everything. Um, after that, once the receipts are getting uploaded into our system, um, we have this algorithm uh, that Igor developed for us, where um, our, our system scans this receipt and extracts the data. So it pulls the data from the receipt and inputs it in the digital refund form. One single for every of your receipts, so no more than 10, 20 forms. And um, what we ask our customer to do after that is when he's on his way back to, the, to his home country, we ask him to upload a boarding pass at the airport, thus confirming that he leaves the country. When he, once he's done that, we're filing the tax refund on behalf of the customer with this one single form to the tax authority. So that customer doesn't have to stand hours in queues and complete anything. So that's pretty much it. And nice. uh, yeah, that sounds pretty convenient. Something that yeah. we need to use <laughs> going <laughs> abroad as well. Uh, how does that then work for for you guys? What's, how do you <laughs> keep the lights on, so to speak? Do you take a small processing fee or is it uh, you, you take a certain amount of, of the whole sum you file or, or what's the, the plan? So uh, depending again on the country, we get a certain uh, percentage fee. So for example, in Belgium it's 10% and in the United Kingdom it's 30% fee. Uh, it's on the fee on the refund. Uh, on top of that, if the customer chooses to get their refund in risky currency, so we right now support bank transfers and 32 currencies. And if the customer chooses risky, risky currency, then we apply on top of that a 5% fee for the for that specific currency. All right, all right, and uh, okay. So you you if looking at the business model, you obviously gonna need quite a lot of customers since you uh, your business model is based on on commissions and and you know 
um, that means you need to have a lot of transactions going on before you know the transaction fees start piling up. So uh, you obviously need a lot of users for that. So how is this something that the governments will be you know offering on their sites, or how do you go about user acquisition? And and especially since you are already operating in in different countries, and also the travelers coming into, for instance, UK are highly multinational. Um, so how do you you know build a customer acquisition system for for something like this uh, so let me tell you first uh, who our customers are so uh, these are residents of the countries outside the european union mainly so this for example united states uh, russia middle east and uh, most of asian region and uh, australia new zealand as well and um, when Brexit will come into force, so from the next year, from January 2021, um, European uh, residents would be able to get their tax refunds in the United Kingdom. That's a good news. And vice versa. So the British people, when coming into Europe, they will be able to get their tax refunds. So you guys, you're based in Finland, right? Yeah. Yes. So you will be able to get VAT refunds in the UK. Woohoo! <laughs> Good news. Yeah, very nice. Yeah, make sure to use Innovat for that. <laughs> okay. Yes, <so> definitely. <laughs> we have three ways of approaching our customers. Uh, do you want me to go into yeah. each detail? Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, the first one is the direct to consumer. Um, and since I mentioned so many countries, uh, it is hard to target them all. Um, so we decided to choose the easiest option for us. Since both of us are Russian-speaking and coming from Russian-speaking countries, uh, we have a lot of connections. There are a lot of friends there uh, who are helping us with the marketing and uh, customer acquisition. So um, we tackled that uh, from the media standpoint and from social media channels uh, such as VK, which is Facebook of Russia, and the Telegram, uh, I'm pretty sure you know what's Telegram. Yeah. Yes. And um, yeah, so just recently, for example, we have been covered by Forbes Russia in an about hour long video where we were talking about uh, Innovat and how we started the company and so on and so forth. Um, also, uh, it is very important, and actually I think for every business, is the first adopters, the first users who are getting on your platform because uh, uh, you you're giving them a special offer, a reduced fee or completely uh, fee-free transfers, refunds, and um, they then advertise your products to all of their friends uh, who are coming then into the UK. So we've built uh, a base of about uh, 100 uh, people like that who are advertising heavily our product to their friends. Um, so um, the example with China would be WeChat. So uh, WeChat is an application which they use for all of their needs, uh, starting from credit scoring to chatting with friends and doing some shopping. So on top of WeChat, there are lots of mini applications. So what we're working right now is developing such mini application, you know what, on the WeChat platform so that uh, our Chinese customers will be able to get their refunds straight to their WeChat uh, accounts, WeChat ID. Um, 
Apart from that, uh, we're launching also very soon a referral program, program uh, basic referral program where um, you invite your friend, you get a certain, um, I don't know, reward for that. And um, yeah, we, we will be testing that and see how it goes. So that's the direct-to-consumer approach. So the second one is uh, the distributional partnerships. We partner with travel agencies and the airlines for that. So uh, we've partnered again with Russian uh, two major travel agencies. And uh, once they launch their tours, which will be very soon, and during the Christmas time, all of their um, customers will be using Innovate service for tax-free claims. And uh, with airlines, uh, it's an interesting approach because it also varies uh, from airline to airline. So we're discussing an option with the British Avios team. So Avios are the points uh, which you get um, for uh, purchasing your tickets. And you can collect these Avios points and uh, then uh, book your hotels for free, have some discounts on shopping and uh, basically buy your tickets uh, on these points. So what we're uh, discussing with British Airways is to integrate Avios points as a refund option to our customers so that they, instead of getting um, funds to their accounts, they will get Avios points so that they can buy these tickets with British Airways and book the hotels. And the second one is the revenue share agreement um where we give the piece of uh, our revenues from those customers they came that came from the advertisement of innovat uh, that has been placed on the airline platform at the checkout um and the third one is the retail partnerships so what we offer to retailers uh, is uh, retail offers and the recommendation tool so the easiest example, I guess, to understand how it works, um, uh, I will start with retail offers. I will start with retail offers. So um, retailers should advertise Innovat as the tax-free solution um, at their um, checkout point as well. And uh, we provide a special offers on our platform of our partner retailers. The recommendation tool is slightly different, and uh, the perfect example would be how we're approaching is with LVMH. So LVMH is the company, which is a group of brands that constitute many, many small and large brands such as Louis Vuitton and Hennessy, and Rolex, and so on. So luxury brand, luxury group of brands. Um, so we're working with them on the integration on the integration of their system uh, into Innovat a recommendation tool. So how the, this will work is that the customer purchased something, say in Louis Vuitton, uh, like a Louis Vuitton bag. Uh, they are getting recommended an additional item to purchase from that partner retail store. Are you with me? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yes. we're following. Yeah, um, so we're getting our customer an additional item from the same collection uh, for them to purchase. Uh, this can be not the most recent collection, but this can be, for example, the stock that hasn't been sold. 
So uh, when our system flags that this is the purchase that is made from a partner store, we recommend the unsold items from the stock uh, to our customer for the special price. Increasing revenues for the retailers and um, in return getting a fee uh, for our sales. Uh, why this is interesting for retailers um, is because the, the retailers, luxury brands have a problem of getting hold of international travelers um, because um, customers are just coming to the store and then leaving uh, the luxury brands cannot build a loyalty with the international travelers and what we essentially do is building a loyalty okay yeah so there's like like always there's like there's not only one way to go about customer acquisition. It you need to be quite creative and and find different ways and do multiple things, uh, yeah. and and then the sum of that will lead to, to and and of course obviously some channels work better than others and and some something might seem like a really good idea at first and then turns out no one is actually interested in in that. You know, I know that also from experience. You you build some huge partnership and you think it's going to be the biggest deal ever and then turns out that just wasn't a good good fit after all and then something that's much smaller and and you know cost efficient might might then be the thing that explodes so uh, but it sounds like you have quite a quite a lot of different ways to to approach and i think it's a good good tips uh, like for any uh, direct to consumer app b2c app uh, on how to how to think about customer acquisition yeah, it's true. It's um, we're trying different ways to see which one will work, as you said. Uh, but also, we need to break uh, the behavior to which international travelers got used to. So they get used to complete these paper forms, stand in the queues, uh, ask for the tax refund from the cashier uh, at the retail store. So what we need to do is to change their mindset and uh, to say that, hey, you have a better option where you can manage everything directly from your phone. And it's also, you know, that trust point as well as with any startup that's related to your finances, there is always uh, trust issues unless um, you see um, that your friends used it or nice reviews or uh, you see it covered in a great magazine. Exactly. Can I, let's, uh, I'm interested in this. I kind of asked you in the beginning, uh, you living in London, being from the Ukraine, like how is that, how, how, what things have you had to adapt to uh, in becoming an entrepreneur? I, I'm guessing, I'm assuming that the sort of entrepreneurial culture in some ways different. And, and a lot of the small things that I might not even realize to sort of mention might be different. How has that experience been? Obviously you've lived there for a while, so you're basic. I mean, you're, you're a Londonian now. I don't know what the demon Londonian. is. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. How how has that process of adaption been? <laughs> Pretty natural to tell you the truth. Uh, yeah. Um I don't know what I had specifically to adapt to. Uh I mean in UK the regulation system is so open for entrepreneurship and government supports the startups mm. and um, you just to, to start a limited company one needs just one pound and uh, know how to use the uh, internet and that's all um, um 
I guess, um, I mean, I've lived here for uh, seven years. It's not uh, too long, but um, I've learned um, how, how to communicate with people here. Um, and then, but no, I, 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 I don't know how to answer your question, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> because I didn't have to adapt to anything. It was so natural for me. Um, yeah. Fair enough. I mean, I, I don't live in my home country either, and, and I've lived here for almost, I mean, way less than you've lived there. And I've didn't, I mean, I'm not an entrepreneur here, uh, but still, like, I, it has been very natural. And I, I, I suppose that in many ways it is. But okay, let's, I want to want to phrase it this way. Uh, in what kind of circumstance could you have seen yourself founding this company in the Ukraine? Or how is the how is the how is it different? Uh, how would that have been different for you? What's the entrepreneurial sort of atmosphere like over there? So uh, with the specific industry that I'm working on, uh, impossible. <laughs> Getting okay. tax refunds in Ukraine is impossible uh, because they don't have this retail export scheme uh, even implemented. Um, Russia actually just two years ago uh, launched the retail export scheme. So they're offering uh, VAT refunds for international travelers, encouraging more travelers to come to their country. Um, but uh, I mean, of course, it, uh, if, if I would start a different business that I could start from anywhere, uh, then um, it would be different. The access to investors uh, is much uh, better here and um, the regulation system is also different uh, in Eastern Europe uh, compared to here. Do you, what do you see the sort of uh, general entrepreneurial atmosphere like? Do you see it going in some direction, better or worse, or what should be done in your opinion? Uh, or do you have opinion, do you think about this a lot? Uh, what <laughs> You mean in Ukraine and Russia? How is it? Sure. Uh -huh. Yes. Um, you know, Russia and Ukraine is so rich for talented people and talented developers. Like um, all the t most of the tech giants are hunting for those tech developers, mm. and um, it has a great potential. Like Igor. Huh? Like Igor. Yeah, exactly. Like Igor. Um, the tech giants are hunting for those talents and um, it has a great potential uh, for starting uh, beautiful technology businesses. Um, I cannot say for sure because I haven't uh, started my own business in there. Mm. So I don't know how it is in Europe and the UK. Um, but I think um, it has a great potential. Yeah. Do you recruit your, uh, you know, your team uh, locally now in the UK or obviously not everyone uh, as you as you mentioned, but uh, or are you looking all over the world since you can be quite remote probably what you, with what uh, you're doing or or um, yeah, how do you go about recruiting in, in, in general? Uh, so we have a quite international team. Um, but our developers are mainly Russian speaking. So they're not all from Russia, but they're from Russian speaking countries. Uh, we have also a person working in Cyprus. Um, 
we have also a contractor that works with us, uh, our designer that works with us here. Um, and uh, the strategy is uh, once we ex expand further to European countries is to hire there the country managers uh, who will be helping us uh, with the local markets. Uh, so we're now uh, looking to hire someone in Belgium. We're now looking to hire someone in Estonia. Yeah. But not in Finland yet. <laughs> no, but we will look into that certainly very, very soon. <laughs> great, great. Awesome. Hey, Sonia, this has been really enjoyable. Uh, Actually, one last question, at least for me. I don't know about you, William, but I have one last question. This is very general. Do you have any, I mean, you're a young entrepreneur. Do you have any tips? What can young entrepreneurs learn from you, Sonia? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I can say uh, not learn from me, but uh, like the general thought that I live with and um, what I've discussed with other entrepreneurs, they share uh, this kind of mentality with me as well. Um, so you have to find, uh, th there are so many startups out there that are doing the same thing um, over and over again. So uh, I don't know what they're competing for, but they're just not challenging any of the industries. They're just uh, repeating uh, what is already done. Uh, so I guess um, if someone found a problem that they think has no solution to it, they should do really uh, research that proves that. And in case they found a competitor that is doing something similar, then uh, interpreters have to think how to do things differently that would be more efficient for their end customer, uh, that would uh, save more money for their end customer. Um, or be more customer facing. Um, yeah, that, that's on the problem side and the idea side of things. Uh, but in general, um, startup world is like the sinking ship <laughs> that you always try to rescue. Uh, managing startup is hard, it's very hard. And uh, there are always hurdles and uh, obstacles. And uh, when you're getting, um, really upset with things but um if the if you really believe in what you're doing and uh, if the entrepreneur really wants to achieve something with that specific startup they should focus on their end goal uh, of where they want to be and uh, build some prospects or where they want to be always even from the very beginning and just uh, reach their aims, reach their dreams. Yeah. Great. Thank you. Thanks for that answer. Yeah, great. What about Absolutely. you, William? No, I, I mean, that covers it. I will take down, I'll take some notes now. And uh, <laughs> I think that's, uh, that's good. And uh, yeah, really looking forward to, to following your journey when you launch even more and, and launch new countries and, and hopefully will be innovative users very soon once these travel bans are, are lifted at some point. So um, sounds like a fascinating idea and, and a good project. And, and we wish you, of course, the best of luck also from, from the Slush community. So uh, 
great to have you have you as a guest and and thanks to everyone who viewed the video and or listened to the audio version uh remember to to you know subscribe and, and like the videos to to stay tuned for even more hopefully great content coming soon again so hopefully thanks. you're losing hope already <laughs> no there's gonna be great hey thank you so much sonia thanks william and thanks all you listeners and viewers for uh joining us again thanks bye bye stay safe there guys bye bye I hope you enjoyed your visit to that conversation as much as we did. Now, if you want to stay updated and keep in touch with us, please subscribe to us on YouTube, follow us on Spotify, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, and all other podcast platforms. We're also on Twitter, Instagram, and then Facebook. You guessed it, Soap by Slush. Thank you people for listening. Bye-bye.